This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Did you know that God has designed a financial plan especially for you and that He guarantees amazing investment returns if you'll just follow the plan guidelines? He's so serious about this that He invites you to actually test Him to see if it works. Nowhere else in the Bible does He do that. Surprisingly, many Christians don't want to believe this amazing promise because they think it only involves money, which some worship, and trusting God, which some just refuse to do. In this anointed series entitled, Tithes and Offerings, God's Holy Instruments for Personal Prosperity, it quickly becomes evident that you can't outgive God. What life-changing truths you'll discover as Pastor Ray breaks open your understanding of the powerful encounter Abraham has with the high priest, Melchizedek. So be sure to tune in to all four powerful lessons of this amazing series, and you too will wonder, why wouldn't everyone want to tithe? If you want to change your life, if you want to see things turn around, if you want to really give your all to God, woo. Pastor, I am giving my all. No. If you're not paying your tithes, if you're not bringing your tithes into the storehouse, you're not giving God your all. You're, hold, you're, you're holding something back. Now, let me read to you, let me read to you Malachi chapter 3 and these same verses. We'll read uh, verse, uh, through verse um, 10 and 11. This is what it says in the Septuagint. That's a translation of the Old Testament from the Old Testament in Greek. It's the Greek translation of the Old Testament. That's what I'm trying to say. So it says, it gives these verses in a little different way, and I really like the way it says it, and it, it, it'll help you to understand something here. This is how the Septuagint says it. Return to me, this is Malachi 3, 10, return to me, and I will return to you, saith the Lord Almighty. But you say, wherein shall we return? Now listen. Remember we read before, it said, will a man rob God? This version says a little differently. It says, will a man insult God? What? Insult God? And, and God says here through the prophet, for ye insult me. And the people ask back, wherein have we insulted you? Now this is what he says. In that the tithes and the first fruits, those would be the offerings, are with you still. In other words, they never brought them to the Lord. They never released them into the house of God or into the work of God. And ye do surely look off from me and ye insult me. Now let's put that into just common everyday English. What God is saying is that, and I believe in these verses, is that when you don't tithe, it's an insult to God because what you're saying to the Lord is, Lord, I just don't plain trust you with my money. And God is insulted because he has already given you the promise 
He's already given you the promise that you bring the tithe. He opens up the windows of heaven, pours out so much blessing. You don't have enough room to contain it. Rebuke the devourer and things start to go well in your life better than they've ever gone before. And when you resist the word of the Lord, when you resist what God has laid out, he looks at it and says, it's an insult to me because you're telling me you just don't trust me. You just don't trust me. So he still loves you. You're still saved and going to heaven and he'll still bless you in other ways, but you will never enter into God's financial plan and break in many ways that lack, insufficiency, debt cycle that so many people are trapped in or wanting to get ahead in life, but can't seem to, you know, things just don't line up correctly. And, and you just can't ever seem to get to where you want to go. That breakthrough is never there. Well, he says, you bring in the tithe. He opens up the windows of heaven and begins to pour out so much blessing that you don't have room enough to contain it. He goes on to rebuke the devourer so that your vines, your life is going to give forth fruit. You're going to be productive. You're going to have great results in all that you do because you have purpose to honor God with the tithe. Honor God with the tithe. Let me just talk about, about that because we're going to, I'll give you a verse, um, then we'll get back to something else. But Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. With the fr- In other words, tithing and offering ought to be the first thing that you do. You don't give God what's left over. Now, God doesn't want you to pay your tithe and not be able to pay your rent or not be able to eat food. But what you can do is to be committed to the principle of tithing and start right where you are. Give what you can give as an act of worship and say to the Lord, because I had to do that. Lord, I purpose in my heart to be a tither because I want to get up to a full tither. So I'll give what I can right now. I'll separate a portion. And God, as you bless that portion and I see increase start coming into my life, I'm not going to run to Bloomingdale's and buy a new dress (laughs) or a new tie or a new car. I'm going to set my heart to tithing because that's what people do. That's, that's, I've seen that happen over the years. People start out in this and, and I've taught this principle like this. You give what you can until you have increase. You, you ask God to bless it and you monitor it and you watch it on a very regular basis. And as increase comes in, you keep separating more unto the Lord, more unto the Lord until you get to the full tenth. And then you stay there. You don't run to the mall. You don't buy a new car until you have become a full tither and you're consistent because if you'll do that, God will give you enough resources so that you can go to the mall without a charge card. Or if you choose to use a a charge card, you're not going to have to pay it off in payments. You can write a check at the end of the month. There was a time when I was in debt up to my eyeballs. And I was paying, you know, little here, little there. You know, they say robbing from Peter to pay Paul. You know, you've heard that? Well, I was robbing from Peter, James, John, everybody to try to pay Peter, you know, everybody. I was robbing everywhere I can to try to pay because I was right up to here. 
And I said, enough is enough. I have to change this. This has to stop. So I began to learn the spiritual principles and started to put them into operation. I learned some natural principles, which is the second part of what we're going to talk about, not today, but in in, in the upcoming weeks, we'll talk about the natural side and the natural things you need to do. I began to see God will do the super, you do the natural. That's how you create supernatural. God will do what you can't do. You do what you can do. You put that together, that's called the supernatural, right? So, so I, I, I learned to do that, you know, and put all this stuff in and finally got all that debt paid off. I remember the day I cut those credit cards, just snipped them in half. And you'll hear me tell this story. Just, I remember, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It's like, are you out of your mind? You need these credit. It was like, it was like a drug. I was like addicted to the credit card. Come on, don't look at me. Don't all say amen all at the same time. Because some of you are, are as, you're, you've got the credit card addiction. And I was addicted to the credit card. And I thought, oh, it was like, it was like I was trying to break free from cocaine. But I snipped those suckers and threw them in the garbage and just wouldn't buy anything unless I could pay for it with cash at that point. Can we just look at one more verse and then we'll be finished so I can keep everybody on track? I'm a little bit over time, but that's all right. Hebrews chapter 7, just want to show you a little bit out of Hebrews chapter 7. And let's go to verse 1. And Paul is writing here to Hebrew Christians. That's what Hebrews means. They were Hebrews that had become Christians, and some of them were drifting away. And Paul wrote this letter to try to bring them back um, into the liberty of Christ, because some of them are going back into the bondages of the law. So uh, Paul is making a contrast now uh, and trying to highlight and bring out Jesus to them in every way that he can. And in chapter 7, verse 1, Paul says, This Melchizedek, that's a funny name, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Well, Abraham in in this particular portion of time, uh, there were five kings who rose up and they, they, they wiped out, they looted the entire land that was around them. They looted other kings. They even took um, uh, Abraham's uh, uh, nephew Lot with him and um, Abraham got wind of this and he became enraged. So he gathered his army of men together and he went and he conquered all five kings and plundered all of their goods and took, talk about supernatural increase, plundering the forces of darkness. And when the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. You ever hear that verse? If you didn't get it, you ought to get the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So in one swoop, he conquers all five kings and he takes all of their possessions and took back what they looted and took what was theirs and freed everybody. Now, he's on his way and all of a sudden he's on his way and the Bible teaches us, tells us that he comes up with, comes across this man named Melchizedek. And Paul is making the contrast here. Now listen to Melchizedek. He says, uh, again, to whom Abraham, I'm sorry, let me read verse one. This Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high, who set who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. So Abraham gave this man, Melchizedek, a tithe of all the spoils, not part of the spoils, all the spoils. First being translated, this man, Melchizedek, king of righteousness. Now listen to these terms. And then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. King of righteousness, king of peace. 
king of righteousness, king of peace. Who does that sound like to you? Everybody tell me. King of Salem, or king of righteousness, king of peace. All right, let's keep reading. He goes on to tell us more about this man, Melchizedek. He said, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. What does that mean? It means that he had no beginning and he had no end. What do you think Abraham encountered when he encountered Melchizedek? Well, let me tell you what he encountered. What he encountered was the person of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament before Jesus was ever revealed in the earth or ever came to the earth to reveal himself. Actually, it's called two things. It's either called a theophany or a Christophany. It means the appearance of God or Christ in the Old Testament. The appearance of God or the appearance of Christ. It has to be him. Now, now let me point out something else that's pretty interesting. When, Mel, when Abraham met Melchizedek, in, in, uh, when he came back from the slaughter of the kings, the very first thing it says is that Melchizedek brought out, you ready? Bread and wine. What does bread and wine represent? The communion that Jesus gave at the Last Supper. These are all proofs, evidences, that this Melchizedek was Jesus Christ himself revealed to Abraham. And what did it say? That Abraham blessed him with the tithe. Why? Because let's read down because let's see verse 4. It says, now consider how great this man was. What man? Melchizedek. To whom even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the spoil. So they're saying here, even the patriarch Abraham. Abraham was like the Pope of Popes to the children of Israel. He was a big stinking deal. He was the, he is, he was and still is the father of their faith and our faith. So Abraham was like one step below God himself. And he's saying, Paul's saying here, even Abraham, the patriarch, brought a tithe and paid tithes to this Melchizedek. Why? Because he recognized and understood that this Melchizedek was a notch above him. Or way above him, we should say. So now notice what it says. Verse 4 again. Now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed those who are of the sons of Levi who receive the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is from their brethren though they have come from the loins of Abraham. Because the priest of that day it was commanded in the law. Let me just tell you something. Tithing, because some people will say this. You'll hear this. Tithing went out with the Old Testament. That was part of the law. Well, you're right. It was part of the law. But there's one part that they didn't tell you. Tithing, this incident of tithing, which is where we first saw it between Abraham and Melchizedek, happened 400 years before the law. It predated the law by 400 years and what you saw in, the, in, in this transaction was Abraham blessing Melchizedek with a tithe. And, and Melchizedek represents or was the appearance of Jesus himself uh, before Abraham. So this principle of tithing was set down way before the law ever came into, into, into being. 
And this is a principle that transcends the law. And if, and if, you'll, if you'll cooperate with it and get involved in it, the outcome is still happening. The blessing is still happening. The, the blessings of tithing are still real for this day. So this isn't just something that was given in the law. Now we're, we're free from the law so we don't have to tithe. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to give. That's, that's a bunch of malarkey. This predated the law by 400 years. So now listen. Now listen. Uh, so let's read verse 6. Are you getting anything out of this? Is this, is this helping you? All right. Verse 6. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them. In other words, he wasn't from the, the um, uh, Levi's. He says, but whose genealogy is not derived from them. Um, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. So Melchizedek received tithes from Abraham. And right there you'd say, well, Abraham blessed Melchizedek. But no, it says that he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Abraham brought the tithe and Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Whoa. There's the proof that tithing brings a blessing into our life. Why? You see? Because it's a principle that's laid down that you or I cannot change. It's been indelibly marked and written. And it's there. So, so Abraham blesses Melchizedek. And right there people say, well, you know, he blessed Melchizedek. But it says, no, Melchizedek blessed Abraham. So, Mel- oh, man. Abraham brings him his goods, brings him the tenth of the spoils, took 10%, the tithe, everybody say tithe, took the tithe and just pushed it over to Melchizedek and Melchizedek turned around, received it and blessed him back in ways that are innumerable because we know that Abraham was blessed beyond measure in all kinds of ways. Money was one of them because he was a very wealthy man, but it wasn't only money. All right. So now... Now listen to what it says, and this is where I want to get it. Verse 7. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser, Abraham, is blessed by the greater, Melchizedek. Melchizedek being the revealed Christ. The lesser is blessed by the greater, or the better. Now, now this is what I want you to focus in on. We'll finish right here. Verse 8. Here... Mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Now, he's referring to Melchizedek, but we've already identified that Jesus was the revealed Christ to Abraham. Notice what he says. Now, pay attention. He says, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. You know, you know what that means? When you bring your tithe, you bring it to the church, you're putting it into the hands of your pastor so that the pastor can do the work of the ministry so that we can pay the bills and we can, we can spread the gospel and we can buy radio time and do all the kind of stuff that we want to do. But he says, here mortal men receive the tithe, but there he receives them. In other words, God doesn't get the money. His work gets the money. His men and women of God get the money to do the work, but God doesn't get the money. What does God get? God gets the faith. God gets the trust. God gets the love. 
God gets the generosity. God gets the obedience by which that tithe represents. When you release it, God gets that part of it in heaven. Here men receive tithes, but there he's receiving them and he's keeping an account of them. He knows every dime that you have sown into the kingdom of God. He knows every bit that you have sown into his work. And he has a plan to prosper every one of those seeds. Here mortal men receive them. Yes, you bring them to the man of God. You bring him into the house of God. But when you're tithing, you're not just, you're not, you're not giving me the tithe. You're giving Jesus the tithe. He's receiving the faith, the honor, the glory, the love, the trust. That's what he gets. So when we come to church and we bring our offering, I want you to understand what you're doing. I want you to just come and just bucket plunk, as they say. Or just, you know, write your regular check. I want you to see that you're bringing your, and, and, and the Bible does call the tithe the holy tithe. It's a holy tithe. And we're, we're, we're told to separate it and to treat it holy and to offer it up to God. It says, hear mortal men, receive it, but they're here. So, see, sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't, what do they do with the money? Well, I assure you, first of all, that I don't collect all the tithes in a brown paper bag and go home with it <laughs> at the end of the service because I would be in jail. I don't even touch the money. I don't even, all I know is what the offering is it never even touches my hand. I don't want it to. I don't check to see who's tithing and who's not tithing. I don't care. I mean, I care for you, but it's not going to, I'm going to love everybody whether you're a tither or not. I'm going to bless you and be here for you whether you tithe or not. I'm not here because you tithe. I'm not going to be your pastor because you tithe. I'm going to be your pastor because I love people and God told me to be your pastor. And I love God. But I have to teach you the truth. I have to teach you what the Word of God says. That's my responsibility. What you do with this is your business. If you don't ever do anything with it, praise God. And if you're happy that way and that's what you want to do. But see, a lot of times people won't tithe because they don't trust. But you see, don't trust man, trust God. I often say, I would say this. If you understand that when you're giving, the t- you're giving it to him, you're not giving it to me. You're blessing Jesus. I, I, I've said this and, you know, because people have asked, well, you know, I was given to this ministry and I found out that, you know, the, the, the pastor was abusing the money or doing something. You know what? It doesn't matter what the man of God or the woman of God does with the money. Now, I'm not going to give, con- you know, continue to give if I know there's something stupid going on. Squirrely, I'm not going to do that. But if I'm giving in faith and I find out that there was something that was, you know, inappropriate or whatever or lacked integrity, I shouldn't worry about that none of my business. I gave us unto the Lord. God knows. doesn't matter what that man, that man corrupted that money or that woman corrupted that money. It doesn't make a bit of difference to me. You do whatever you want because when I gave it, I didn't give it to you. I gave it to Jesus. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. Oh, glory to God. I love it. Come on, put your hands together one more time. We're going to end right there. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.